Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. They were announcing his retirement before he even retired. And at some time, you know, the, the media made the news. He, he was not ready to make any decision and, and didn't make any decision. But Schefter and Darlington uh, stated it as fact. And, you know, he hadn't made any decision on that. So, lo and behold, uh, after he had time to reflect with his family and, you know, what, what gives him the greatest joy in his life. And they all agreed that this is the path forward that, that works best for, for the Brady family. So um, he just came out and, and uh, is happy as could be. That's Tom Brady Sr. on the Greeny podcast on ESPN, during which Tom Brady Sr. complained that a report from ESPN that Tom Brady was retiring pushed him to retire that makes no sense to me (laughs) whatsoever thank you and remember we we kicked around the idea at the time that tom brady would not retire just as a middle finger to shefty and darlington that would this be the thing that gets him to stay it's clearly not the thing that forced him to go come on gee i guess i better i guess i better retire now that shefty said i'm retiring right god forbid he would be wrong i can't let him be wrong i'd better retire he knows he knows five minutes before everyone so he knows five minutes before me that i'm retiring i guess i have to retire i mean it's ludicrous it's ludicrous the guy was retiring They caught wind of it. They reported it. The only thing is, though, because Schefter has that reputation for dropping things five minutes before they're official, the fact that it didn't become official in five minutes made people say, what the hell's going on here? Maybe he's not retiring. But if anything, if anything, if there's pushback from Brady's camp, it's don't retire. I think he needed to say the words and he needed to go through the motion of retiring to truly get to the point where he understood how it would feel to separate from football. And we saw signs of it. Super Bowl Sunday, he had something on social media that, you know, you could tell. He was six days after he retired. He was expressing regret. Never say never. And I don't know how I'm going to feel in six months. Sometimes you have to do it so that you'll you'll truly feel right. 
the the the, the, the moment of it, right? Yeah, yeah. and that's right. what I like about that. I said this yesterday. It's refreshing to see Tom Brady, the the part man, part machine, be more human than cyborg. Yesterday or not yesterday, but throughout this process, and wrestle and have doubt and and make a bad decision. People make bad decisions. What a shocker! Tom Brady made a bad decision. He made a bad decision to retire, and it wasn't until after he made the decision that he realized. What the hell did I do? Yeah, and uh, and and so that's good. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But don't you know you don't have to blame somebody else for that. He made a bad decision, and he changed his mind, and that's okay. He's allowed to. Nobody's mad right. about that, other than some people in Las Vegas. But nobody else is mad about it. No, no, and you know I don't. I don't even think he made a bad decision. I think it was a tactical decision. You know, yeah. I, I mean, of course, I'm not going to get behind you know Mr. Brady Senior with that comment. I mean, they didn't pressure him i mean darlington's broken stories about brady before it was out there you know they they got the story and got the scoop and maybe brady just wasn't ready to publicly release it yet but he had told people that way and on to that i don't even think he made a mistake like we said you know again i bet you the shefties of the world and everybody they know about him trying to go to miami with sean payton they know i mean shefty always knows stuff like that so again, I don't think it was yeah, any mistake. Yeah, but he didn't report it. I know, I know they didn't, didn't report, report it. They don't want to report it because you know they don't want to give you credit for coming out with it first. That's probably one of the reasons. Yeah. But also, also, like, yeah, I just I don't believe it was a mistake. I think it was a little bit of wait. I'm going to retire to see what other options maybe I could finagle here or do. And again, that, that's that's what I believe. Either way, and either way, hey, he's back, and that's awesome, and the Bucks are making moves to go back to the Super Bowl again anyways. And when you think about the timeline, it does mesh with the idea. Now, look, I, I find it refreshing that he had a human moment, but it may be that he did have it, – it, it may have been the cyborg masquerading as the human where he looked like he was indecisive, but the reality was he retired so he could try to work something else behind the scenes that would let him go to another team. When he realized that wasn't going to fly, yes. that's when he unretired just in time to make sure that the Buccaneers didn't trade for – Deshaun Watson or Baker Mayfield to make it impossible for Tom Brady to play for the Bucks, And if the Bucks were making it clear to him, we're not letting you go, pal. Sorry. Yes. You got a contract through 2022. Right. You signed it. We're playing hardball with you. We're not letting you go. We don't care if you're Tom Brady. Yeah. That's that. Then, okay, my only option is to play for the Buccaneers. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we're not letting you go at least for nothing. That, that would, I would think. And you're not going to San Francisco. I would think that if, if it did go down the way, you know, I'm trying to portray or you're talking about there – I would imagine that had to be said at some point, certainly. Yeah. Um, something else that was said yesterday that I found very compelling, uh, an executive that? from the Westgate Superbook Ooh. pointing out that last Thursday, someone who was what they call a sharp, somebody who knows the deal, somebody who, and I don't know what, I don't know what gives it away. Is it the unibrow? Is it the gold chain? Is it the strong <laughs> whiff of, uh, you know, knockoff Dracar Noir? I yeah. don't know. But, but uh, the, the, um, the reality is that somebody who seemed to know what they were doing bet a ton of money last Thursday on the Buccaneers to win the NFC and to win the Super Bowl. And even as the odds move, that person made other bets on the Bucks to win the conference win the league and three days later tom brady unretires so the vp from the westgate superbook is upset and wants the nfl to actually investigate whether or not 
there was inside information that was mishandled and misappropriated and ultimately landed in the lap of this person who made these bets. And I think it's compelling because this is one of the frontiers that the NFL needs to be very concerned about. It's not just Calvin Ridley with his cell phone when he's not connected to the Falcons. He's on the non-football illness list and he's bored on a Sunday afternoon. He makes a few bets. It's how do you properly handle inside information during season and off season. But the other side of it too, Chris, hey, the sports books are in position to get inside information. Last July, they started taking the Packers wagers off the board. And we're like, what the hell's going on? Well, they, they think there's a chance Aaron Rodgers is going to retire. So we got to take these Packers bets off the board. So they benefit from inside information. I, it's when someone yeah. else gets it first, that's when they get pissed. Yeah, I, it, it's a fair point that you raise there. It, it is. You know, I mean, you know, what's fair? If you know inside information and you're setting the line and kind of, you know, misleading people to buy, you know, bet on things to where you capitalize. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it does. It, when you put it that way, it almost goes like, it sounds like there should be a law to stop the sports books from doing that, too. I mean, yes. I, I, listen, this, when I saw this late last week, it was the first thing that went to my mind when I went, whoa, big money, bucks, whoa, somebody had inside information. It was the first thing I thought of. It really was. But, yes, this is going to be the continued struggle the NFL is going to have here. And I, I, I'm with you a little bit. It is does seem a little hypocritical you know, when, when that comes down from, from a sports book in Vegas. Hey, and what inside information did anyone need to think that Tom Brady may be coming back? The evidence was everywhere. There was a story last week that one of the sports books had taken, uh, like, the, the predominant share of the action for the NFC championship on the, the, the actual winner of the NFC in advance to the Super Bowl on the 49ers. I, you know, how much of that was influenced by speculation that, that Tom Brady was going to land in San Francisco? Is it people trusting Trey Lance, who's had limited reps, to take the team to the top of the NFC mountain in one year? Or was it the thought that maybe Brady's coming back? So this was out there. This, yeah. this isn't some stunner yeah, that's where right. Brady disappeared for 40 days and then reappeared and said, I'm coming back. Six days after he announced his retirement. You were saying he, he was coming back all well, the whole time. He began, yes. Now, I didn't think he was going to play for the Buccaneers. Yeah. But there was, there, there was reason for the sports books last week to take the Bucks off the board, the 49ers off the board, the Dolphins off the board, but they want to take the action. So you can't have it both ways. And that's the other side of it, too. First of all, they haven't lost a penny yet because the Buccaneers haven't won crap in 2022. They may win those bets. And for every bet they lose, there's plenty of bets they win. They're always going to win more than they lose. They've got it scientifically figured out. And they're going to they're gonna cry about losing one, and they love to tout to everyone, hey, look, we took a bath this week. Come give us more of your money because we really lost this past weekend. Come give us more of your money because over time they're going to win. And but, but the reason this was so fascinating is it touches on something the NFL needs to be very concerned about. How is inside information handled? Not just is Tom Brady coming back. How is injury information handled? He played all of 2020 with a torn MCL, and they never disclosed it once. Who knew about his knee, right? Not that it affected them. They won the Super Bowl, but it's a factor in some of these games. Maybe there were games they didn't cover. I don't know. Yeah. Again, these are things that are played out over time. It's not all in on one Sunday. It's played out over time. Who has inside information? That's key. Who's using it? Who's selling it? Who's being corrupted to the point where they 
they potentially engage in point shaving, not based on losing money while gambling, but based upon the the relationship that emerges from acquiring inside information. NFL needs to be very concerned about that. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've been talking about this a lot. That's uh, that's going to be the struggle here going forward with as popular and as big as it is now. And the NFL gambling as easy as it's made, like you said. So this is going to be – they got to put pieces in place here to make sure they cover cover their own butts. And maybe they can read an ex, ex, excerpt from your well book. <laughs> uh, part 10, the future, protecting inside information, page 344. Right. Read all about it there. So uh, and, and that's it. You know, when the Ridley thing happened, because one of the things that's tormenting me about this book there's a point where it had to end. See, I've I've been existing online where you can add anything you want whenever you want to whatever you've written. So if there's a development, hey, write another story. Another development, write another story. This thing had to be put in the can last August or September. I begged them to let me add a John Gruden chapter. There were four blank pages that were going to be in the book anyway, so they, they shifted those. So we added a John Gruden chapter. And it's like, what about Urban Meyer? Sorry, too late. What about this? Sorry, too late. Right. Last Monday with Calvin Ridley, it's like, crap. But but the good news is, not not for Calvin Ridley or the NFL, it, it just underscores the alarms that I try to to send up in there. Yeah, because yeah, the NFL is always going to survive these controversies, but that doesn't mean they should just say who cares. I think yeah, they should aspire no, I know. to to try to not get themselves into these messes. Hey, other thing right, too, Bucks our... made some moves Go yesterday. They're, they're they're those are big moves. Yes. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Do you want to say it, what, Pete? Tell us what to do. Yeah, Shaq Mason, Russell Go, Gage. I mean, no, I, well, Mike. I'm, well, I wanted just to, yeah, Shaq Mason. You know, they needed they needed two guards, right? So you get Shaq Mason from New England. That's a great sign by them. I mean, he can run. He, I mean, he's good in the run game, pass game. Patriots have, I think, a, a lot of offensive linemen coming up the ranks there, so they could. He was expendable. I mean, that was big. And then, hey, Russell Gage signing him from the Falcons. He's a good football player. You know, he can kind of play that Chris Godwin spot as he gets healthy, and then when he does get healthy, wow. And I, I've been shocked a little bit over the last few days where people are going, I'm surprised Brady went back to the Bucks. I'm not sure about the team. And I want to go, what? What, what, is there, what has changed? What, Antonio Brown's not there? I mean, what? what? They lost Jordan Whitehead? I mean, it's still one of the most talented teams in roster. I don't understand kind of that narrative I've heard out there the last few days. The Bucks are still one of the best teams in football, period. And Ryan Jensen stayed because yes. Tom Brady pushed him hard to stay. Right. And Brady tried to get Alex Kappa to go back on the deal he verbally agreed to with the Bengals. So Brady's a key piece of that. But the Russell Gage thing, it really made me wake up and say, you know, a year ago we're talking about Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, Tyler Johnson. They're stacked at receiver. Now they're not. Now they're not. Yeah. Johnson regressed last year. Yeah. Scotty Brown Miller's had gone. issues. Right. Yeah. So they, they, Russell Gage, you know, Tom Brady needs guys he can trust to throw the football to. All right. Let's take a break. We're going to play Which Doesn't Belong and Why with the best free agents who are still out there. More PFT Live right after this. All right, Mike. You know what we got here, baby? All right. We got, I'm, I'm, I'm lost in my sheets. Here we go. It's bracket time. Okay. And if you need help, Filling out your NCAA men's tournament bracket, NBC Sports has you. NBC Sports has you covered with Bet the Edge brackets and bets on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. You'll get advice on every first round game and best bets for the whole tournament. 
Sorry, I was a little late there, Producer Pete. I just uh, lost. I was looking some stuff up there. But, hey, bet the edge, Mike. Get your bracket ready. Be a bracket buster. Let's do My it. My bracket's ready. Yeah, My bracket's sure. ready. Sure, you're full of it. You're full My, of it. I've, yes. I've completed all work that I intend to invest in my bracket this year. It's done. Okay, sure. All right, good to hear. Yes. All right. Uh, let's move on. Tyrod Taylor. How about this? Well, there was so much talk about Mitchell Trubisky possibly becoming the quarterback in waiting for the – Giants, the link to Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, there with Trubisky. Tyrod Taylor becomes the guy in New York, and I thought this was compelling. Now, and, and it's funny how you see the different numbers, and the numbers are important here. I, at first yesterday, I saw two years, $17 million. Uh, and this this is what happens. This is the, the, the reporters. You sell your soul, one tweet at a time, reporters. People were reporting two years, $17 million. The truth is two years, $11 million, worth up to $17 million with incentives. And that's significant because Trubisky got two years, $14 million from the Steelers. Because the first thing I thought yesterday when I saw Tyrod Taylor, two years, seventeen. They're paying. They're paying Tyrod more than the Steelers are paying Trubisky, and Trubisky's going to be the starter unless they draft someone. That something didn't seem right there. Two years, eleven makes more sense. Now there's six million in play for Taylor if he can beat out Daniel Jones yeah. and get it done on the field. And uh, I guess it would be fitting if one of these days Taylor is the guy who supplants the starting quarterback because he's always the guy who walks through the door as the starter and then gets supplanted. You're, yeah, no doubt. You know, don't, he doesn't need Dr. Needle to strike. We don't want Dr. Needle to strike on Daniel Jones, though. Don't put the hex on him, all right? I, I think it's a, a great move by the New York Giants. You know, we discussed this a little last week. The Giants, they got to protect themselves. A little if, like, Daniel Jones doesn't play well or if he does get injured, they got to have somebody here, Brian Dayball, Joe Shane. They're too smart to, to you know, leave that, that position, un, you know, not addressed, especially in your first season. You want to get off to a, you know, a good start. So I think it protects them that way. It also puts, you know, the poker behind Daniel Jones' butt like we talk about sometimes. And I think that's, you know, fair in this situation. It's a big year for Daniel Jones. They don't want to. They shouldn't give him the fifth-year option. Uh, I don't think they want to make him prove it. We got to see what he is. So hopefully they can build the team. They made some moves on the offensive line yesterday. That should help out. Certainly, that's a good thing. Uh, and then you got a Tyrod Taylor that you know protects the team if, Dan, if something does happen to Daniel Jones. Definitely, I get a lot of like people up in the New York area. Man, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Daniel Jones. It doesn't matter. The pressure's on Daniel Jones. I, I mean, this is it. It's the years here, so it doesn't really matter who the backup is. And no matter who the backup is, if Daniel Jones doesn't play well, people are going to go, well, maybe we should put the backup in. Right, so that didn't really matter. So I thought it was a, a good move by the Giants brass here with this one. And that two-year deal, that's the hedge against the possibility of not using the fifth-year option on Jones and losing him after this season. They are not caught in a difficult spot. Right. If, if they don't pick up the option, Jones has a big contract year, and then they, they feel compelled to use the franchise tag or overpay him relative to the market to keep him. We'll just go with Tyrod Taylor if you're going to walk away. We at least have some protection if we enter that negotiation with Daniel Jones a year from now. All right, which doesn't belong and why? Best remaining free agents edition. Let's start with veteran tackles who are still available. Teron Armstead, Dwayne Brown, Trent Brown. Which doesn't belong and why? Yeah, leave this graphic up there for a second, guys. I mean, this, I do find it interesting. You know, it, what we did not see was the 
aging veteran used to be a superstar player get throw, big money thrown at him yesterday. I feel like that, that, that to me was one thing that jumped out here over the last 48 hours. Those guys who are up there in age, have a little injury history, I think teams are learning, wait, we can't throw big money at these people anymore. We've got to see where the market is and go evaluate like that. You know, hey, J.J. Watt in Arizona should be the, a poster child for that. Wait, a guy that's been hurt a lot the last two years and do that? Wait, we're going to give him $15 million a year and then think he's going to play and be healthy the year? Oh, that's right. He got hurt halfway through the year. You know, that that it's buyer beware. Now, veteran tackle still available to get to that. I'm going to go with Trent Brown uh, out of the three that we talked about. Teron Armstead, Dwayne Brown. Trent Brown's still in the prime of his career. You know, this is not about age. It's a little bit about, you know, it sounds like, you know, is, will he work? Will he do the right things, you know, to fit in a football team there? And a lot of people, and of course you've heard him say this, New England just brings out the best in me. But he is sitting out there a free agent. I'll, I'll go with him as the one that doesn't belong because the other guys are, you know, a little up there in age and have some other questions too. Well, and I say Trent Brown for a similar reason. It only works for him in New England. Yeah. So no one's going to fall for it again like the Raiders did when they gave him a huge pile of money and then they end up handing him back to the Patriots. The Patriots can wait it out because no one else is going to take scared. the chance on Trent Brown yeah. because it only works for him in New England. That hurts him now when it comes to negotiating with New England because there's no one else out there that's going to give him anything significant because they know it only works if he's a Patriot. Veteran free agent Edge rusher is still available, which doesn't belong to why. Vaughn Miller, Chandler Jones, Jadavion Clowney, Chris. <sighs> wow. I'll go with Jadavion Clowney there. Uh, Vaughn Miller, I look at, yes, you know, a guy that's getting up there in age, but still got a lot of good football, professional, and doesn't really seem to have any injury history. Had the torn ACL, right, the 2013 season. That's the last time he's really been hurt, like, significantly. Or, or, or you know, something you'd worry about, I guess. Chandler Jones, still really good. You know, getting up there in age, too. Jadeveon Clowney, to me, is the guy with all these one-year contracts that I'm going to go with that doesn't belong and why. First off, he's not nearly as talented as they are as a pass rusher. I mean, those guys are legit, you know, forces coming off the edge. Clowney, in his prime, was just a force, but never been a great, great pass rusher that way. And then I think you add on top of the fact that we know there is injury history there. There is a degenerative knee that he's even talked about you know, openly. And again, last year wasn't that great for him in Cleveland. He didn't pop very much there. So the other two guys had moments of popping a lot. I'll go with Jadeveon Clowney. I'll go with Vaughn Miller just because he's got that sizzle. He's got a couple of Super Bowl rings. He brings something to your team beyond what he's going to do on that's the true. field. And right. Do some teams pay a premium for that? Yes, they do. And I think that's kind of what Vaughn Miller is considering. Do I go to a team where I take less and maybe get Super Bowl ring number three? Is there a team out there where I can go slide in and be a focal point and be a guy that helps sell tickets? And the Cowboys reportedly considering Von Miller now that Randy Gregory has bolted for the Broncos. And obviously, with Gregory going to Denver, the chances of Von Miller going back to the Broncos have diminished right. dramatically. Veteran defenders who were recently released, linebacker Bobby Wagner, linebackers Darius Smith, linebacker Miles Jack. Who do you got? There are three good football players. Uh, I'll go with Darius Smith with the fact that and it didn't play really last year until the very end of the season in the playoffs. And he's an outside guy. The other two guys are inside stand-up linebackers. You know, but Jack and Wagner are very good. But Zadarius Smith, you know, again, it's it's what year eight of his career he's going into. 
It's not that he's he's you know he's still got some really good football left him, and he's still a big physical force. I, I got to think there's some great value for him out there as for for some team as far as the edge of a defense playing outside linebacker four three defense end. Uh, I'll go with him just because he plays a little different position than the other two guys. I'll say Miles Jack doesn't belong from this perspective. That guy has had a serious knee issue his entire yeah, career. Right. And he has survived and thrived and gotten paid big money by the Jaguars fighting through that knee. Now, he may be at the end of the road. He may be at the point where the offers are so low, he just has to decide, is it worth playing at all? But, but, Jack, what he's done to fight through a knee that, you Got know, hurt in college. guys or more. Yeah, they, they, they would have never done anything close to what he's been able to accomplish during his time gotta, with the Jaguars. And he's still only yeah. 26 years old. So Ooh. I don't know what he's got left, but it's amazing he's done as much as he has. No, he's a, he's a guy that uh, I got on my list. I need to, like, study him a little bit. No joke here. Just a little bit of what he looked like early in the year and see if you can see something with the knee. Because when he is healthy and things are good, and I know that's always going to be kind of a concern, man, I mean – Special, special linebacker, but it's definitely a guy that I got on my radar here that I got to go give a little closer look and see if I, you know, didn't realize he was laboring so much early in the year before he started missing a few games. And when you're talking about a linebacker and the car crashes that they initiate, the running backs are the ones who take the car crashes. The linebackers are the ones who initiate them. You take injury history and age, and at a certain point, it's just over, like it was for Jalen Smith last year. Cut by the Cowboys had a cup of coffee with the Packers, and it, you just get to the point where it's just done. There's somebody else who's young and who's healthy, and you just you just fade uh, off into the sunset. All right, last one. Wide receivers from the veteran free agent category. Allen Robinson, Odo Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. Which doesn't belong and why? Mm, I'll go with Odell just because I feel like, first off, he's the only guy that's injured of that group, so he's dealing with that. And... Uh, I feel like the other two guys could really go anywhere. Like OBJ is one where I go, I would be absolutely shocked if he was on any other team other than the Los Angeles Rams. I think there's real value. Like you said with Von Miller, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. I think has some of those same qualities. And I know they loved him in L.A. and what he brought to the team and the energy on the field every day and practice and all of that, let alone he's talented. And we've talked about, you know, the ACL injury. I'll go with Odell Beckham Jr. there. I'll say Jarvis Landry just because he brings a quality of toughness and leadership sure. to a team that that is extremely valuable. I know the Chiefs have been linked to him, and I think he he could you know they 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 keep looking for that other guy that's going to stretch the field. What about when you consider Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey being the focal point, and and if the defense slants in their direction, and there's Landry with one on one underneath, you just get it close and. He's going to catch it. He's going to make it happen. I, I just, I'm fascinated by what he could do for the Chiefs. He may be what that offense has been missing. Let's take a break. The Rams don't like first round picks, but they picked up some in the later rounds yesterday via the compensatory process. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected. The unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. 
the few, the proud, the Marines. NFL announced the compensatory draft picks yesterday. That's driven by free agent net losses versus net gains or net net gains or whatever. They know who we mean. The Rams and the 49ers got five each. Chargers with four. Cardinals, Ravens, Lions with three. You don't see the Patriots on there. You used to see the Patriots, right? but what happened in 2021? Yeah. They went on a free agent spending spree, so you don't get compensatory picks. If you sign more than you lose, you don't get anything. You know, people just assume, well, if we lose a third round pick, nobody understands the formula. But the bottom line is, if you sign more than you lose, you don't get compensatory draft picks the next year. You have to have more guys leave than you have come in through the unrestricted free agent process, Chris. Yeah, well, the the Patriots had to kind of, you know, repunish their football team, their roster. Yeah, for years, they were the team that dominated compensatory picks. We saw the Ravens do that a while. Compensatory picks are, you know, a little bit, I look at it to go, it's like a good look at the overall health of an organization. And, oh, shocker, the 49ers and Rams are doing well in that, comp, in, in that you know, conversation. I'm really surprised. Wow. The team that, the two teams that, you know, have built uh, two teams that have incredible talent have you know incredible infrastructure in front office and the coaching staff where everybody in football wants these guys uh, it's not a mistake that these two teams are up there in this this conversation uh, they're, they're two of the premier franchises and I think two of the premier coaches in the league right now and you know I think that kind of speaks to that a little bit and remember it's not just free agency losses versus gains it's also compensatory picks arising from having Minority executives who become general managers elsewhere, minority assistant coaches who become head coaches. The Rams got a third rounder from the Brad Holmes Holmes, hire from last year. You get two third rounders. The Rams get their second third rounder via that transaction. The 49ers got two third round picks due to a pair of minority hires that happened last year. Robert Sala became the head coach of the Jets. Martin Mayhew became the GM of the Washington Commanders. So two extra third round game picks changer. for the 49ers because of that. That's, that's the incentive to develop minority candidates who become people of high position elsewhere. When this first started two years ago, remember they were going to give the compensatory picks to the teams that make the hire, but there was like, wait a minute, wait, no, no, no. You want to make the hire for the right reasons. What you want to incentivize is development, and that's why those picks are being made available to teams like the Rams yeah. and 49ers. Chris. Yeah, incredible cultures there, both of them. I mean, they really are. I mean, you, you can notice it when you, go, when you go in the building, definitely. I mean, really, and, and uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's a game changer for both of these teams. And we know our lack of picks. The 49ers, it makes you think differently of them. Oh, no first-round pick. Oh, but wait, they got three picks in the second and third round now uh, to where that gives them wiggle room to make a play, do something. Same with the Rams there. So that's where it's uh, a big deal about this news yesterday. All right, let's take a break. Yesterday we drafted the people who should be happiest with the first day of free agency, and I lamented the fact that it would have been more fun to draft the people who should be unhappy. Well, my wish has come true. I'm happy to report that we'll be drafting the people who should be unhappy after two days of free agency. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. Stop being Dr. Dooms, okay, Dr. Doom? No, I'm not being Dr. Doom. You know, it would be a more fun draft if it was the the most unhappy people after day one. But I guess we just killer of fun, Mike Florio. 
See, it's not killer or fun. I wanted to have fun. It would have been a more fun draft to draft the people who should be unhappy, who should be chagrined, disappointed, upset by the events of the first day of free agency. So, so in lieu of coming up with a better idea, that's the idea for today. The people who should be the most unhappy based upon two days of free agency. And yes, I know it technically begins today, but it began on Monday as a practical matter. If you haven't been paying attention, free agency is upon us. All right, uh, Chris, you have a trivia question for me, and I have not looked at it. Okay, here we go. 50-50 chance here. All right, Mitchell Trubisky has 50 starts. Tyrod Taylor has 53. Which of them has more career wins? Trubisky, without question. It's Trubisky. There we go. 29-26. There you go. Boom. Yeah. Way to go. He's gone, he's gone to the playoffs twice. That's what I don't understand. All these people in Pittsburgh are freaking out about Mitchell Trubisky. He's been to the playoffs twice with a team that's a lot like the Steelers. Great defense and just enough around him on offense. Yeah, well, and I would go, wait, wait. He didn't, he didn't have Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool in, in Pittsburgh. He didn't, I mean, in Chicago. You know, that's, that's, he's got more firepower outside than he ever had there. And he didn't have Najee Harris either. He's a bump up from anything he ever had in Chicago. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see how this plays out, Pittsburgh fans, before you go crazy. Well, the first pick for me is an easy one. We talked about it earlier. Jerry Jones should be the most unhappy because he lost Randy Gregory due to his own stubbornness and failure to understand the nuance of a contract that the Cowboys go beyond the minimum that is required. They try to make it even harder for guys to keep their guaranteed money by tying avoided the guarantee to even a fine under the substance abuse policy for Randy Gregory put $14 million at risk in the second year of the contract. It was not an acceptable situation for him. The Cowboys had a chance to match what the Broncos were willing to do by way of language. Cowboys said, no, Cowboys aren't happy. Jerry Jones isn't happy and he should be unhappy, but he primarily should be unhappy. Chris with himself uh, agreed no, no question there uh, you know no, no doubt about it I think they went a little too far with that language a hundred percent I understand Randy Gregory not and his camp not being comfortable with that I do so uh you know I'm not not shocked that he made that switch once that language was not taken out of there all right I think um the one I'm gonna go with here next in fact I, you know what? I'm gonna go with another one we talked about earlier today it's not necessarily hasn't like directly affected him but it is affecting him Baker Mayfield I'm gonna say that yeah we know he hasn't been like traded yet or anything but free agency has revealed what Cleveland thinks of Baker Mayfield that's what I'll say nonetheless and it does seem like you know again they're doing everything they can to ship him out of town I get the sense that Cleveland's sick of Baker Mayfield that's what I've been led to believe a little bit. And, you know, I just uh, – it, it seems that way. I thought, okay, maybe if Watson's there, yeah, that underst- I understand them, you know, trading him, getting rid of him then. But it sounds like they're looking to get rid of him no matter what, whether Watson comes there or not. Uh, so that would be, you know, the guy I'll take there, Baker Mayfield. I'll take the rest of the NFC South other than the Buccaneers because once Tom Brady comes back, <laughs> yeah, the right. Bucks. Not just keep key guys, yeah. add key guys, and now you got the other three teams falling all over themselves to get Deshaun Watson despite the warning signs there arising from the 22 pending civil lawsuits. So the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons – unhappy with how the past few days have gone yeah I'm sure they're not exactly happy exactly right I mean they're all they're all trying to look for damn quarterbacks right now and the team they're trying to beat in the divisions got their quarterback and the Falcons have one I know I know the Falcons have Matt Ryan the 11th best quarterback in the NFL come on no it's it's uh it's it's, it is interesting it really is what their thought is behind that are they posturing are they saying so what 
we'll deal with the dead money for a year with Matt and Ryan just to have the next eight or ten years with Deshaun Watson? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, again, it seems to be going through a whole, an awful lot just to drive up the trade for the Saints and the Panthers. I, I will say that. You know, again, they, we talk about quarterbacks and their feelings and all that. Matt Ryan's got to be sitting there going, wait, what the hell's going on here? He's not, but he's not Baker Mayfield releasing a statement on, um, you know, Instagram or Twitter or whatever. All right. Honey Badger. That's who I'm going with next. Honey Badger, it, it's official. He's no longer a Kansas City Chief. That time is gone. It's over. It's not going to happen. I'll throw him in there. Again, I think this is a guy that's, you know, been posturing for, you know, top tier safety market type of money for about the last year and a half and wanted the contract extension. But Kansas City, I think, realized or sees the writing on the wall that play is going, you know, in a downward direction at this point of Honey Badger's career. Still a good player, but not in the conversation for top safeties in football anymore. He's got to be disappointed, uh, you know, that they signed Justin Reed from the Houston Texans, and now he's got to find a new team. And it's, it's never easy leaving a team that, you know, you had some great years with and, of course, won a Super Bowl. We're going to take a break, and that gives us time to carefully contemplate our selections for round three of the draft of the folks who should be most unhappy with free agency so far. We'll do that when we wrap up this Wednesday edition of PNC Live right after this. All right, we're going to wrap up the draft. Unhappiest via free agency so far. Last one for me, and I'm going to go to, to the Lions for two reasons. Number one, number one. The chances of having Aiden Hutchinson available to be picked at number two have gone down between the Jaguars franchise tagging Cam Robinson and signing Brandon Scherf. Right. They're most likely to go pass rusher, and if Hutchinson's the guy over Kayvon Thibodeau, Hutchinson's not going to be there to stay in Michigan. And secondly, with quarterbacks kind of available, upgrades over Jared Goff kind of available, that trade they did, and I know they got two ones and a three for the Stafford for Goff thing, but they're contractually so tied to Goff they can't jump in. It's harder to jump in. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll just say screw it if they can get Baker Mayfield, who fits the mentality so much better than Jared Goff does. I, I just think that there's got to be some frustration that they, number one, are likely to not get Hutchinson, and number two, they can't move on from Goff to try to get one of these other guys that's out there. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of stuck as far as it's concerned with the other guys. A draft, though, could still be a thing, definitely. You know, you can't forget they got picked 32 and 33, so that's going to give them some wiggle room to jump back up in the first round and maybe make a move, get into the late teens for a quarterback if somebody's there. I could certainly see that happening too. That's got to be a possibility. The Aiden Hutchinson thing you're saying, yeah, that is one where, you know, you evaluate it. You're right. I don't know what Jacksonville is going to do. The franchise tied to Cam Robinson. Also, let's not forget, they drafted a tackle in the second round last year, Walker Little from Stanford, who's very talented, but was out of football because of COVID and all that. All right, my next one, I'm going to stay with a tackle. I'm going to go with Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead has got to be looking at it a little bit going, damn, I'm a free agent. When I'm healthy, I am one of the best tackles in football. But he's getting up there in age. And health is a little bit of a question mark, definitely. And for a left tackle, he's not as big as they usually come as far as 305 pounds, a little bit of a skinnier frame. But he's got to be frustrated that there's been no nibbles or big-time offers yet. And, you know, it's still just getting started, but the big money tends to flow early. And yeah. then the question is, What's the best deal you can get? We'll continue to track the moves all day long at ProFootballTalk.com. The league year officially begins at 4 Eastern. We'll be back at 5 Eastern for PFTPM. Until then, here's Dan Patrick on Peacock. See ya. Have a great day.
Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make dad's day with gifts up to 60% off.